the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. I am so pleased to welcome Tony Sayag, the White House Senior Advisor for Strategy, newly minted. He's back in the service of the Trump administration in the West Wing. Good morning, Tony. How are you? Hugh, great to be with you and your listeners. Thanks for having me. Now, I, I want to begin, since you are the strategic advisor to the president, can you walk down the hallway and say, Mr. President, put the G7 in Detroit. Now, you don't know how much that pains me to say, even though I went to Michigan Law School, but they've got the capacity, they've got the attractions, they've got a rena- renaissance on their hands, and you got to get that in the in the red column in 2020. Yeah, and, and, and that's, a very good, that's a very good idea, Lou. We'll, uh, you will be uh, sure to make sure... That's discussed. And look, I think there hasn't been a president who's focused more on revitalization of, of Michigan and the entire upper Midwest than Donald Trump. is focused on, obviously, jobs and on, on renegotiating bad trade deals. Uh, this is a president who I think has, uh, you know, kind of top of list and top of mind the idea of restoring uh, America's workers to, to, to their greatness and giving them a, a level playing field. So that, that, that impacts a whole part of this country that for too long was new neglected by policy in Washington. And you could fly all, you could take Macron and the rest of them up to the UP and to Mackinac Island and bring them back down to Detroit. I, I can't imagine going to Ann Arbor. That would be a bad thing. Uh, again, uh, no no offense to my law school, but it's just, this is not the not the time to be talking up Michigan as much as I am. Tony, let me ask you about what the so president... Wait a minute, tw- Hugh, is this a bad time for me to tell you I'm a Michigan fan? I know you are, and I just... Uh, <laughs> we're going to... Chase Young is going to crush you. I hope you know that. You're just going to absolutely be... Chase Young is a wrecking ball. Tony, I want, before I go to the asking the president's tweet, you were the deputy mayor and trustee of Tuckahoe, New York. I believe in local service. I served 17 years on an Orange County Commission. How much did you enjoy that? That's actually down in the trenches delivering services. Oh, I, I love that opportunity to serve my community. You know, I was, uh, I was a kid who grew up in Tuckahoe. I focused most of my, uh, my youth even in, in trying to get involved in civic uh, involvement, and I had a lot of mentors in my community. I ended up going to CW for my undergraduate degree in political science and graduate degree in public administration. There was no better way. For me to kind of give back to that community that at a uh, you know, young age, I was, geez, I think I was 26, you know, I was asked to run for local office. Uh, I was proud to do it, and it really was one of the real highlights of uh, my ability to, to start my public service career. It's terrific. People should know the backstory. Now, Tony, I want to ask you about the president's tweet 41 minutes ago. Quote, support for impeachment is dropping like a rock down into the 20s in some polls. Dems should now get to work and finally approve USMCA and much more. Now, I pointed out on the Reverend Al show yesterday, it got very, John and Capehart and others were very upset that impeachment has fallen in the Marquette Law School poll. It has fallen in the Emerson College poll. I think the middle of America has turned decisively against the Schiff show trial, but I haven't seen anything in the low 20s. What's he talking about? Listen, you're going to probably end up seeing a lot of um, 
depleting support for, as you've indicated, by the way, uh, for, for impeachment. Uh, polling is made public. You know, there's some polling that we see internally as well. The bottom line remains, you talked about the Marquette poll. poll uh, impeachment is down 13 points in Wisconsin, which is a key battleground state. The probably worst data point for Democrats in the Emerson poll is that among independents, support for impeachment is only 34 percent. Opposition is 49 percent. Uh, the 538 average shows that there's been a complete flip in the average of all polling on impeachment to now where it's it's less popular than it is more popular. So we have a, a, a dynamic here where the American people have been able to see what Adam Schiff and the Democrats have uh, kind of shammed together, and they don't like it. They don't think it has anything to do uh, with their their lives, that they're not issues that are important to them, and they just see Washington wasting their time on a hyper-partisan process. That's ultimately, uh, Hugh, is a pointless process because we all know that there's nothing here that's remotely impeachable, and if Democrats are foolish enough to move articles out of the House, they're never going to get a removal in the Senate. The Republicans in both chambers are very unified. And in fact, if you're going to have any movement, you're going to have Democrats voting to oppose impeachment because the, the evidence is just not there to substantiate it. Yeah, uh, Tony Sag is my guest, White House Senior Advisor for Strategy. Tony, I was on, again, with Reverend Al last night. The, the segments are posted over at HughHewitt.com. And Jonathan Capehart, who is, is my colleague from the Washington Post and MSNBC and NBC, got rather agitated with me because I simply said, this is over. And this whole Washington Post story today about the White House Council doing its job. I'm a veteran of the Reagan White House Council office. That That's a lethal injection of dullness when you start talking about the congressional Budget and Impoundment Control Act of 1974, <laughs> you've, you've thrown up your hands and given up. But within that bubble, within the echo chamber, within the resistance, they don't seem to understand that the country has turned thumbs down on this. You, you know, Hugh, there was a very interesting article, and, and, and I've never really done this, so I'm, I'm breaking news on your show. I'm citing a Vanity Fair article, which <laughs> we all know Vanity Fair is not exactly the most friendly news outlet toward, toward Republicans, certainly not toward the president. But Vanity Fair even had an article that basically discussed how dangerous it was for Democrats to pursue impeachment because of how unpopular it was, particularly with independent voters. And Vanity Fair rightly says what I've known you know, for a long time as a political strategist, you lose when you talk about issues you care about, not issues the people care about. And that's exactly what's happening inside the echo chamber that you just described between the hyperpartisan Democrats on the Hill and their allies in, in the media is they're only increasing the intensity of their own animus toward the president. They're not increasing the intensity of people's views as to whether he should be impeached. Quite the opposite. So there's a real problem in our system you know, when the elected representatives, instead of choosing to do the people's work, do the work of a very small select group of partisans. And that's why I suspect this week over the Thanksgiving recess, a lot of these members, particularly these 31 Democrats in districts that the president won, are going to probably get an earful, especially because there's been no progress made on so many important issues like trade, like infrastructure, like immigration, you know, like lowering drug prices, which, by the way, health care was the biggest issue Democrats ran on and, and think they won the House on in 2018. They're not doing a thing about any of these issues because they're so tied down and bogged down with this you know, pointless impeachment process. No, I, I want to come back to that in just a second. But since you are the White House senior advisor for strategy, 
Would you please advise the president he needs to do morning drive radio on the only nationally syndicated morning drive show? Because that's talking to people on their way to work. You can do Fox and Friends, but people can't watch TV on their way to work. They can listen to the Hugh Hewitt show. You're, you're, you're with a lot of good ideas this morning that I'll be happy to sit back and discuss. By the way, I mean, we are here uh, Thanksgiving week. I have to suspect Wednesday is a pretty good time to be on the radio with everybody traveling across the country to be with their families for the holiday. You tell the president we, he can have three hours if he wants. We'll just go wall to wall with him. Now, look, Tony, you do mention what hasn't been done. And I want to stress to people that the USMCA will benefit millions of Americans, both consumers and workers. Millions of Americans are being held hostage to Adam Schiff's show trial and Nancy Pelosi's uh, you know, box canyon of political doom. When do they wake up and cut their losses? Sunk costs are apparently not a concept they are familiar with. Yeah, this is an actual interesting uh, point right now in this whole process, because Nancy Pelosi, who many people, uh, even those who disagree with her, hold up as a very astute practitioner of the House and of politics. Um, you know, many will say she didn't want to get to this point that, you know, back in March, if you remember, she said she didn't want to go down uh, the road of impeachment unless it was done in a bipartisan way. That's clearly not the case. In fact, the bipartisanship is the opposition. But now Nancy Pelosi, having agreed to follow Adam Schiff's, you know, colossal political miscalculation here by pushing impeachment so so blindly, uh, has to decide, you know, who is she going to help? Is she going to try to work toward the base of her party in a very small handful of, of hyper-partisans in, in, in her caucus? Or is she going to work on behalf of the American people and allow the members that she worked so hard to get elected in 2018 to do their jobs and serve their constituents and, and move past this whole ridiculous idea that anything impeachable has occurred? And I, I think it's obviously something that she's going to have to consider because Right now, you know, the Democrats are trying to push this impeachment train as fast and furiously as they can because they know the more it's out there, the more it drops in approval and the more it becomes a huge political liability for them. Now, Tony, I know from your time with the Secretary of Treasury Mnuchin, you understand the difficulty of the relationship with the PRC. I am a strong advocate that the president signed very publicly the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act of 2019. Will he do so? Yeah, that's obviously going to be a decision the president's going to going to have to make. Um, and I think he's been, you know, somebody who, who's not shied away from those questions. So you should you know, feel free to ask him and members of the administration working on that issue uh, when he comes perhaps on your show, Hugh, which you, you've lobbied for this morning. I always lobby for stuff like that, but I, I really do. In case you see him, here's my pitch. General Secretary Xi has an opening right now. To change the narrative, take the Hong Kong election, say one country, two systems work. Let's make a deal with America. Let's ease up on the Uyghurs. Let's renew ourselves. And the president can push them that way. And they have a good relationship, right? Yeah, they do. Uh, the, the relationship between President Trump and President Xi is very productive. And, and moving to the concept of trade, which is the issue I have worked on very closely, as you point out, uh, during my time at Treasury with Secretary Mnuchin and Ambassador Lighthizer, you know, we would not be at the point we are with the possibility of, of, of a, a strong phase one deal with the Chinese if it weren't for the leadership of the president and, frankly, the relationship that he has been able to build with his counterpart in China. Well, I am very glad that Ambassador Lighthizer has access there. He's from Ashtabula, Ohio, where all four of my grandparents were born, raised, lived, and died. And therefore, he will offset your your Michigan uh, bias, uh, Tony Sayek. <laughs> I don't want the president to walk into that crossfire. He should stay far away from the game. But 
hopefully on the Hugh Hewitt Show on Wednesday. Thank you, my friend. Good to have you on. Great to be with you, Hugh. Thank you so much. That uh, That's a good bit of lobbying work, don't you think, America? What, Donald Trump, three hours. He can co-host the show with me. That would be terrific. Uh, don't know if it's going to happen. We'll keep you posted on that. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.